0: If you have your Bibles, uh, open them up with me to Proverbs chapter 2. Now while you're doing that, let me tell you, we're, we're kind of wrapping up our series on the claims of the Bible. And we, we spent about three weeks talking about, about that. And we'll be coming back to this theme again and again for several reasons that we'll talk about in the message. The next three weeks we're going to talk about deeper. Uh, I've really been troubled Uh, By the statistics that we read and by things that we see, you know, the statistics show us how many young people grow up in church and then don't continue in faith as young adults. Uh, The things that we see of people who spend years and years in church and then kind of fall away. And We're going to talk about three key issues over the next three weeks. That we need to have an alignment in our life if our faith is going to last. And so I want to encourage you not to miss that as we as we hit these weeks and really examine your heart uh, to see uh, what's there. We're going to talk about why people fall, why people's faith fails, and what we can do to make sure we're not in that camp. Amen. Proverbs chapter two, verse one. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures... For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Father, we thank you for your word today again. What a great promise this is. What a great instruction for us. Father, to clearly see what we need to do to have your blessing and your empowerment upon our life. Let us consider it clearly and search our hearts clearly, Lord, to see how we are doing in the pursuit of wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week, uh, I, I asked you at the start of the message to take on your notes, and if you don't have notes with you, you can write this down someplace. I asked you to write down the name of a person that you knew uh, who had a need. And we encourage you to do something about that this, this last week. I hope you took advantage of that. Today, uh, I want you to write down the name of a person at the top of your notes that you look up to spiritually, that you think is spiritually mature, somebody who's spiritually healthy, uh, someone that you'd like to be like them spiritually as a Christian. Now, don't put a pastor's name. We're out of bounds. Don't put us down. Uh, Just think of somebody right now and write their name right on... Uh, your notes there. I'm going to give everybody a chance to do this. Don't miss out on it. Okay, I'm going to uh, ask today, we, we, we have an eldership team. Our eldership team uh, gives oversight to all of our matters of spiritual direction in the church. They, have, they, they fulfill the roles of elders in our church. I know some come to this service, some come to the other service. Uh, We also have a stewardship team. The stewardship team uh, gives insight and direction and helps us with all the financial issues, gives oversight to all the financial issues. Uh, Our church is not run by me or by the pastors. Uh, We do the organizational things. We do the things inside the church to make the church function in in the roles of pastors. Uh, We give a lot of insight into these issues, but... Uh, these guys have the f- these people have the final say in those in those issues and if you don't know them i'm going to ask the ones that are in the room today uh to stand if you're one of the elders or one of the stewardship team members please stand wherever you're at all right all right now look around do you see them they're, for some reason they're all sitting over here uh, Look, if there's one of them that you know really well, somebody in this group that you know well, that you're comfortable with, uh, write their name down real quick. Go ahead and write their name on your paper if you know them, know them pretty well and you're comfortable going and talking to them. All right, give everybody just a second. All right, you can be seated. Thank you. Give these guys, they, 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 they spend a lot of hours... These are, these are people who work behind the scenes in a lot of things and give a lot of insight to us and help us, and they spend a lot of hours. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, all small group leaders, if you're a small group leader, would you stand right now if you lead a C2 group? And I know, again, there's a mixture in all the services of where people come. All right, if you're in a small group, you should be comfortable with, uh, with some of these folks. If you are not in a small group, look around, see somebody you're comfortable with, and uh, write their name down, and maybe you can talk to them about their small group. So get a good look at them. They spend a lot of extra hours working, and, and we appreciate you guys a ton. Thank you for all that you do. God bless you. You can be seated. Well, we're doing that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we took note of uh, the union groups and the business groups that were going to help us with the sidewalks and stuff out to the, uh, uh, to the, to the soccer fields. They came, all these groups came in yesterday from about 6 in the morning to about almost 7 o'clock at night and worked. And if you go back there, you'll see all those sidewalks in back there now. So that's a great thing too, isn't it? We're grateful for that. And I also want to say thank you to all the people who worked at a Single Mom Saturday uh, yesterday, from early, about eight in the morning till around twelve thirty, one o'clock in the afternoon, and that was a great successful day and blessed a, a lot of people. Our mission statement here at Calvary is that we want to compel every person in Central Illinois to seriously consider. The claims of Christ. And we want to support ministries around the world that do the same thing. We want to we give our prayer support, our financial support, uh, our going and helping support to missionaries all around the world doing the very same thing. We want to support uh, missions and, and groups in our own community that aren't a part of our church that are also doing the, same, the very same thing. You can read about some of those in our above and beyond uh, flyer. Uh, you can look at some of those in that and see them. You should have gotten that as you came in the door. The question I have for you today is when we think about the claims of Christ, do, do you know them? Are you aware of them? Uh, The message for the day is this. We as believers, brothers and sisters, hear me. You as a believer, uh, me as a believer, we have to wrestle with the Word of God. Uh, The Word of God needs to be serious in my life. What, What do I mean by that? We need to search out the Word of God And apply what it says in our life. That's what this passage that we read about, we read a few minutes ago, is all about. Is that if we are serious, if we apply ourselves to knowing the Word and understanding the Word, that the blessing and the empowerment of God is going to come our way. It's not simply a, a pick and choose kind of a deal. It's not just a let's hope, that, you know, we, we get what we need kind of a deal. It's not one of these, well, I like this and I don't like that, so I'll do this, but that's not important. No, it's all important. There are big, big issues in our life, and some people don't obey them simply because they don't, they don't, they don't get it right in their life. They don't handle it right in their life simply because they don't take time to search out the Word and know what the Word says. Some don't get it right because they don't pay attention. They don't read it enough or they've chosen to reject it. There are huge issues. How do we deal with the feelings in our heart? Things like prejudice and hate. How do we deal with how are we supposed to approach forgiveness when people hurt us or harm us? What does the Bible really say? Not Not what is the cultural stuff. What does the Bible really say about heaven? And what does the Bible really say about hell? What does the Bible teach us about righteousness or revenge? What does the Bible teach us about honesty and faith? And what does the Bible say about sexuality and lies, and what does the Bible say about money, and many, many other things. We are talk about dozens of things where the Bible makes claims about those things that we need to understand what they say. What we've got to ask ourselves is this, what shapes our thinking and our actions right now? What is shaping your thinking and your action in relationships and values of life and right and wrong, what is shaping your thinking and making you making me the person I am today? What's doing that? Now let me tell you a couple of things that shape our, our thinking, and our actions. One, our culture does. You go to different places of the world with different cultures, they see relationships differently, they see family differently, they see money differently, they see revenge differently, they see heaven differently, they see God differently, all shaped by culture. By the culture they've grown up in, by the influence around them in their culture. We're not immune to that just because we're Americans. We get shaped by our culture, and we've got to. This is why we've got to search out the Word, wrestle with the Word, and not just implant our culture upon our lives. We, we get shaped by our upbringing. The way you see life, the self-confidence you have, the, the drive that you have, the way that you treat other people relationally. So many things in our lives get shaped by the way we were brought up by our parents and by our family or by whatever group of people raised us. Our upbringing impacts the way we see life. And so again, we've got to take our upbringing and we've got to impose the Word of God upon it Because our parents may have been influenced by things that we don't want to be influenced by. We are influenced by our sin nature. We have a selfish sin nature that drives us and tries to influence the way we see others, the way we feel about pleasure, the way we feel about values of life. All of these things begin to influence our life. Where in Psalm 119, we are told that it is the Word of God, it is the Scripture that is supposed to be a light unto our path. And that if we study Scripture, if we look look to it, if we try to apply it to our life, what we will discover is that it will begin to direct us out of some of those places of influence and into a new way of seeing the world. What happens when the world tells me something that doesn't fit with how I live or how I say life, how I see life? What happens in your life when you hear something from the Word of God that you just go, that can't be right. That doesn't feel right. That doesn't seem right. That's not the way I was raised. That's not the way I feel about things. What happens at that moment? What do I do in my life when the way I'm living or the way I'm seeing things or my sense of right and wrong doesn't match with what the Word says. Now, if you trust the Word, if you want the results of what we've read in in Proverbs, if we want that kind of guidance and that kind of blessing in our life, then guess what we have to do? We have to begin to wrestle with the Word of God. We've got to begin to say, okay, I don't feel this way. I just heard this said. I just read this. I don't Feel the same way. I don't think the same way. I don't necessarily believe the same way. What am I going to trust the most? My feelings, my upbringing, or the Word of God? So, what do we do? What do we need to do to wrestle with the Word of God? Well, in these major areas of life, I've got to look and say, what does the Word say? What does it really say about hating others? What does the Word of God really say about how I respond to the poor? What does the Word of God really say about sexuality? What does the Bible say Really say I need to get a grip in my mind. Not I. I need to understand. My culture is trying to impact me. My flesh is trying to influence me. My upbringing is trying to influence me. What does the Bible really say? When I understand what the Bible says, then I've got to ask myself: Then how, how should I act? What should I really do in these things? I can't excuse these things away. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. If I'm going to walk in the wisdom of the Bible, then I've got to walk and apply it to my see. You're walking in some wisdom. It may be the wisdom of your parents and your family, it may be the wisdom of the culture, it may be the wisdom of the sin nature. What we want is we want the wisdom of the scripture. So how should I act? Why? Why should I act this way? This is one of the great things about the Bible, is it teaches me not only how I should act, but why I should act that way, and what should I, right now, what should I do about it? Listen to this scripture again as we read it with this thought in mind of cult, our culture and our life uh, being influenced by culture, by our upbringing, by our sin nature. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you pray for it, if you seek it like silver, if you look say, how do I really apply the Word to my life and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. This is repeated over and over again throughout Scripture. Over and over again, we are told that we are to seek out the Word. We are told over and over again to give attention to the Word. We are told over and over again throughout Scripture to try to understand the Word in our mind and in our hearts. We are told over and over again to ask God to reveal his word and wisdom to us. James says it. If any among you lack wisdom, let him ask it of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. And we are told to see the word as a treasure. This is a central theme of the Bible. Proverbs thirteen thirteen says, whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself. When I just reject it because I don't like it, he says, you're harming yourself. But he who reveres the commandment will be rewarded. Proverbs sixteen twenty says, whoever gives thought to the word will discover good and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. What does it mean to trust in him? That means I believe in it more than I believe in my feelings. I believe in it more than I believe in my past experiences. I believe, I trust the Word, and I seek out the Word. Proverbs twenty three twelve says, Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. So how do I wrestle with the Word? Well, let me give you a couple quick things. One, you, you begin to read the Bible. If you're not reading the Bible, I want to encourage you to read the Bible. If you don't know how to read the Bible, you don't read the Bible front to back. You get lost pretty quick. Get with somebody who can help you begin to read the Bible, 66 different books. Begin to read the Bible and let the Bible get into your heart. And when you come to something that is tough, you've got to begin to ask about it. Number two, you wrestle with the Word by being in places just like this where there's teaching, where there's preaching, where, you know, in equip. We're going through right now the book of Colossians and in equip on Wednesday night. In the next five weeks, we're going to be looking at the Psalms and why the Psalms are important to our life and why you need to know them. Right here in the auditorium, it's 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. This is why we encourage you to go to small groups. It's why we've taken Sunday night and given every other Sunday night to a place where you can go sit with a group of people and talk about how the Word applies to our life. And we seek out, we seek out advice from other believers. So today, before we go home in the next just a few minutes, there's all kinds of places. We can talk about dozens and dozens of places where we need to really seek out the Word. But let me give you one truth of God's Word that some of you are already applying, some of you are wrestling with, and some of you maybe have never heard of before. In Proverbs chapter 3, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. In, in what ways? Always acknowledge Him. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Now listen to verse 9 because this can rock some of our worlds. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. The whole concept of money and faith is an issue that we need to wrestle with and we need to settle in our lives. So how how would I encourage you to do that righteously? First of all, I would tell you, you need to figure out what does the Bible really say about money and wealth? What does it really tell us about money and faith. So here's, here's how you do that. If you have a Bible that has a concordance, if you don't get one, and you do a, you do a simple a, a word study on a couple of words. You do a word study on the word tithe. Just read everything in the Bible the Bible says about tithe. You do a word study about offerings. Just kind of do a word study on everything the Bible says about offerings. You do a word study on generosity. What does the Bible say about generosity? What does the Bible say about giving, especially giving to the poor? What does the Bible say about money? This is one of these issues where you need to know what the Bible says. Okay, you need to be, the second thing, you need to listen to what, the teaching, so you need to listen to what pastors say. Now I'm going to tell you, I believe in tithing. I've tithed all my life. I can't ever remember making a penny I didn't tithe on. I give as the Spirit leads me to give to the programs in our church. I have experienced this blessing and I hope that you'll experience it. But I understand, I understand. Listen, if you're new to this concept, I understand that you can see that as self-serving for me to get up and say that. But I have an obligation to tell you the truth and I want you to be empowered by God. So I've got to tell you the truth from time to time. You need to listen, look in the Word, see if I'm telling you what the Bible says. If I get up here and tell you what the Bible says, then guess what? It's wise for you to pay attention to it. If I tell you something, and the Bible doesn't say that, you're welcome to ignore it. You don't have to pay attention to anything. In fact, I pray, God, If I say something that's just from me, let it be forgotten. But if I say something that's from you, let it be embedded. Now here's another way you wrestle with it. Talk to other believers. Talk to other believers. This is why I asked you to write down the name of somebody. You want to be like them spiritually. If this issue isn't settled in a biblical way, if you haven't really wrestled with it in your life, If what I'm saying or what you hear Scripture say is different from how you're living your life, go to that person and ask them, how did you get through this? What's your conclusion? I had all of our stewardship team and our elders saying, if you're comfortable with any of them, go talk to them. Go say, listen, you know, pastors up here saying this, what do you guys think? What have you discovered in your life? Now, these guys aren't getting paychecks this week from the church. These guys are, these are all people who, are, who, who give to the church. Go ask them what they think. Go to your C2 group tonight and talk about it. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I'm new to this. I don't understand it. I don't get it all. Help me understand. Don't be afraid to say that. Nobody's going to condemn you if you're in the process of learning. But be in the process of wrestling with this. Now, I'm going to have two people come up. I'm going to ask Joan Hanks and James Joseph to come and join me on the platform real quick. Because here's, here's what I want to have happen today. I'm going to ask both of them uh, four questions. They're both just part of our fellowship. And I'm going to ask them four questions and uh, let them just tell you a little bit. We're going to start with Joan. She's nervous. James is old hat at being up in front of people, so this is not a big deal. Joan, step on up here. Thank you for being willing to come. Will you take a minute and just tell everybody about your church and spiritual background?
1: Um, as a child growing up, I went to church occasionally. I knew who God was. I certainly know, didn't know that Jesus was my Savior. When I was a teen, I was briefly introduced by friends about Jesus being a Savior, but my family did not support me following through with that, but it always stayed in my heart. As I grew older and I became a mom, I wanted to be sure that my daughter knew Jesus as well as myself. So I started seeking a church that would provide me with that information and that growth. My husband at that time then became a Christian, and he was drawn to Calvary Church. And I have to say, about 20 years ago, I started coming to Calvary. And my faith has grown unbelievably. My spiritual growth is based from here, and I'm filled with joy and peace today because of that.
0: Joan, when we talked a few weeks ago, you came in to see me, and and we talked about a lot of things. We could talk about a lot of things that that your life's been impacted by faith, but you very specifically brought up this idea of, of how you grew in giving. Would you share with everybody how that the growth of giving came in your life?
1: Um, As new believers, um, tithing was very foreign to us. And we really um, didn't understand it. We knew what was in the Bible. Um, My husband and I decided that we would listen to what Pastor MC and Pastor Johnson were teaching us about letting God lead us. And so we decided that we would pray when we left home on Sunday morning to a certain point on the way to church and how much we would tithe because God knew that he needed to be patient with us, and he was. And it amazed us when the dollar amount was the same. And not only was it the same, but it grew week after week to a point where we were tithing the 10% and being able to give above and beyond. And if anybody had ever told me before That time that I would ever be able to tithe, that amount, I would never have believed it. But through faith and obedience and trust, I made it. And it feels great. And my happiest time every month is when I do my tithing.
0: Jordan, how has that impacted your life?
1: It has filled me with faith and trust and, and knowing the joy and the gift that comes from obedience because I truly am peaceful in my walk today and um, joyful in my life. And um, no matter what hits me, I know that um, God will take care of it. And I often say, frequently, be still and quiet and listen. The answer is always there.
0: Joan, what would you say to somebody who's at this place in the journey you were when you first got started in this?
1: Don't look back. Only look forward because when you look forward, you will continue to grow.
0: Amen. Thank you. Give give, Joan a big hand. This was hard for her, so thank you. All right, James, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, Pastor, how good, are you? Good, good, man. Good. Tell us about your, you know, I know about your church and spirit, but tell everybody about your church and spirit. Sure. Um,
2: born into uh, the home of a Pentecostal preacher. So uh, my dad was my pastor growing up my entire life and just grew up in uh, an environment of, of church. When you're a pastor's kid, it's always church, right? Every yep. day of the week, church. Every day of church. the week, all so the time. That's how we do 24-7. Up.
0: Yes, sir. I love his, I don't know his dad really well, but I love him because every time I, if I go over to their house, his dad will tell him do something nice, the pastor's coming. So I, I appreciate that. That's true. I appreciate that. How did you learn, and your process is growing up as a kid, how did you learn about faith and money and, and, and all those kind of things in your life so as a bef- church kid?
2: Before I even started working, like a first job in high school or anything, um, always saw, learned about giving by the example of my parents. They were very giving and also learning a lot of, uh, of history about my grandparents. They grew up uh, my, my dad grew up, and you've met my dad. Um, he remembers a time when he was four or five, six years old, and didn't have a meal for two or three days. I mean, mm. they grew up in a lot of poverty. Um, my grandfather, because he, uh, because he be- converted to the Pentecostal faith, was beat up and kicked out of his house by his family members who were very wealthy. And my dad remembers a time where he went to one of his aunts' houses, who was not in the Pentecostal faith, and they were very wealthy and a lot of food and. At the age of four remembers he remembers saying, "Can I have something to eat and her chasing him out of the house because they were one of those Pentecostals. And so just you know heard a lot about even when they had nothing, they would give. even when my grandparents had nothing, they would give to pastors and to ministers, and there was a lot of traveling evangelists through India at that time, and they gave a lot. And seeing the example of my parents, and also um, you know, we were reading the verse about first fruits. As we got jobs, my dad told all of us, all of us kids, there's four of us, uh, four siblings, four kids in the household, our first paycheck, the entire paycheck, goes to the church, and about honest giving. And once we had a job, offering was not just a dollar. God's given you a job. You give more than that dollar, and then you tithe appropriately. How's that impacted your life, James? You and Shauna? Unbelievably, um, there was a time in, in our own life where we probably didn't tithe as we should have. Um, but several several years ago, we started, uh, especially as we were married. Uh, early in our, our early, early on in our marriage, we decided that we are going to tithe, and not just tithe, but tithe plus. That's what my dad said. You, you more than tithe. It's not just 10%. You give what you can give generously, um, just like we talk about going above and beyond. And his, his message to us that we carried on when we came here to Calvary is you tithe where you go to church. You don't mm-hmm. tithe at your church here, a church that you went to many years ago. So we're not tithing at my dad's church in Chicago, where we grew up and spent our entire lives. We're tithing here, which is the appropriate biblical way of tithing, um, and it's been amazing to us uh, because we've been able to give very cheerfully, uh, give very faithfully, um, to give to people that we know are in need, and ever more so much. Um, a week ago, uh, my wife got laid off at work, and we were talking about should she quit and stay home. We have a new baby, as many people know, um, but even the fact that once she was when she called me and said she got laid off, we weren't worried about tomorrow. Yes, we, we need a second income or we need more income uh, to make things happen, but I'm not worried about it because I trust that we've been faithful to God and that He'll be faithful to us.
0: So just because you're tired doesn't mean everything goes easy every no, day. No, Sometimes there's some, some tests in the middle yes, there. Sir. What would you tell somebody who's new on this journey, who's just just walking in this and yeah. kind of listens to this and goes, that sounds crazy?
2: So it reminds me that Question right there reminds me of about 15 years ago. A bunch of our friends were sitting around and we were talking about tithing. And we had one friend that said to us, You know, that tithing thing doesn't work. I give money to God and I don't see the return. God is not your investment broker, right? So it's not about testing God, it's about trusting God. And when you give faithfully, when you give generously, when you give, uh, God doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our money to make any of the ministry that He has on earth operate he needs our trust he needs our obedience and he needs our faith that's why i say trust trust in god and he will always take care of you
0: james thank you for taking time with us today bless you buddy thank you this is this is what we're talking to we're talking about we're talking about wrestling with these issues Some of you are sitting here today in this whole issue of money and faith. It's been settled in your life a long time ago. When you go into small groups tonight, you'll be able to share what God's done, how he's blessed you, similar kinds of stories. And there's some of you today that you're still struggling with this issue. But you need to wrestle with it. You need to wrestle with this putting our trust in God. And and this is the one place where God says, uh, put him to the test. He says to test him in this. this. This is one of the reasons we do things like above and beyond. And you should have gotten one of these cards when you came in. If you didn't, there's one in the chair in front of you. You know, this is, this is just a, a challenge to give you that chance. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're already tithing. And, uh, you know, we've had you know, over 100 people participate already this year in above and beyond. Maybe, we'd like to see about another at least another 100 people this year join us in this effort so that we can expand our ministries. And this is a great place for you. Maybe you just give occasionally. Above and beyond is a great place for you to sit and say, okay, God, I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to trust you in this. I've heard these other people's testimonies. I'm going to give regularly. I'm going to set something aside. And do, maybe you're maybe you're giving regularly, but you're not tithing, and the Lord wants you to move closer to tithing. I want to challenge you today to wrestle with the Word, to do what the Word of God says. And just like Jones said a minute a few minutes ago, he, He's patient with us. He'll let us grow in these things, but as we grow in them, we will find and sense the pleasure of God, and the fullness of God moving in our life. Now listen, I don't expect you just to take my word for it. I would tell you, you shouldn't just take my word for it. You need to seek out what the Bible says. You need to see what the Bible says. You, you should listen to some friends. You should talk to some of these people on your list and, and hear what they say. But here's a question for you. What if what I'm telling you is the truth? You're not giving today because it doesn't make sense. Maybe you're not giving much today or you're not tithing because you, you think you don't have enough money to give. You're not, not giving, you're not tithing because it seems like a ridiculous amount of money and you have things that you need. But what if the truth is, it's just the opposite of all of that? What if you're missing the blessing and you're missing God by not wrestling with this portion of Scripture. Don't you want to know what the truth is? Wrestle with this claim of Scripture. I tithe because I see God as my provider. I tithe in response to God's love and generosity towards me. I would tithe if I saw no blessing coming my way, because I've already been blessed by God. And He's already taken. I am thankful for His blessings that He brings my way. In all areas of life, all areas of life, the Bible is full of promises and direction. Money's one of them how I conduct myself with people who've hurt me, and how I forgive people, or sexually, or all these other are all, the Scripture is just filled with promises and direction that if we find them, we find the blessing of God. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 4, 18. But the path of the righteous, who are the righteous? These are the people who've accepted Christ in their life, And who are doing everything they know to do in the right way and according to Scripture. They're trying to do the right things. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The person who's trying to do what's right, who's wrestling with the Word, applying the Word to their life in the way they talk in the way they think and the way they feel, their life is going to grow brighter and brighter till the full day. So one of the things we do in the middle of it is we pray for God to help us. So what issues are you wrestling with today? What biblical truth comes to you And you just have a hard time with it. Maybe maybe there's just somebody that's done you so wrong. You're so bitter. You're so frustrated. You have a hard time even thinking about how to forgive them. And yet the Bible says to forgive them. Maybe you're struggling with hate. Are you struggling with it? Are you wrestling with it? Have you given into it? Are you wrestling with this issue of righteousness and revenge? Are you struggling with this issue of honesty or submission or faith or sexuality or telling the truth or money? Is there some place in your life where your life doesn't match what you know the Word says? And are you willing to wrestle with it until your life comes into alignment with, the tru- with trust in God. Let's stand together today. And let's pray. Father, there are so many areas today that we could talk about where our life needs to be in alignment to your Word. Money is just one of them. Father, maybe there's a relationship that, Father, we want to be in, but you're telling us not to be in it. Maybe there's an emotion that you're telling us to surrender that it's not good for us. Father, maybe there's love for other people, sexual issues, revenge issues, hatred issues. That, Father, maybe we even know we shouldn't feel this way, we shouldn't act this way, we shouldn't be this way. And we need to ask your help to overcome in these issues. So today, Father, in these next few moments, I just pray you'd speak to our life and speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Every head's bowed, every eye closed. We're going to do something a little different today. If there's a place in your life where you know your heart or your actions don't match what the Word says, maybe you've been wrestling with it, maybe you've been dismissing it, making excuses for it, but you know it's not where it should be. As we've talked today you felt some convictions about that and you want to say to the Lord today Lord I, I want I want to begin to rust with this I want to lay this at your altar I want to give this to you and I want my life to begin to come more and more into alignment with your truth even in this issue then wherever you're at today, here's what I want you I just want you to step out from wherever you're at and just come stand across the front here Whatever issue it is, right now, step out, come on down. We're going to pray with you today. Anyone, will you come in Jesus' name? Let's worship the Lord as people come today. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you, I... I love every one of you here today. I'm so grateful that you came on a rainy Sunday. My dad used to tell us, uh, used to tell me, if the Lord comes when it's raining out, a lot of people aren't going to go to heaven because they won't go. It's great to see you today. You know, I, I love it. I, I love it when the Lord gives us something that we can laugh together, we can cry together. There's some entertainment in the in the in the medicine. But at the end of the day, that's that's not my call. The end of the day is for me to challenge you to the truth. And that's what I've tried to do today. If you're sitting out there and you're struggling with lust in your heart, you need to struggle with this issue and what the Bible says about it. If you're struggling with hatred, you need to struggle with this issue and say, God, this isn't healthy for me or for others. And whatever brings you to this altar today, we come to this altar because of the grace of God. I need the grace of God. I need His mercy. I have to struggle with things. Struggles are part of this process of walking through and being a child of the King in a world that's far from Him. And so we just struggle together. We let others challenge us. We expect to be challenged by His Word. And we hold His promises dear. Amen? And we walk towards those promises with the fullness of hope in God. I'm going to ask our prayer teams just to come down and just pray for some folks today. If you want to hang out with them and if you have a a health issue or some other issue, you'd like for one of them to pray with you. They'll be right behind you here in the next few moments. But we're just going to pray and ask God to touch us. Lord, in Jesus' name, you know what brings us to this altar today. Father, it could be one of so many, many things. You know specifically what you're you're convicting us of and I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are so open and willing and quick to come to the altar because they want to be formed in your image and today around this altar I pray you would set us free from whatever it is that influences our thinking or our actions and let us be formed by your word formed by your spirit father and let your word raise the surface In all of our lives, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said...